So listen, so uh, my father is blessed. He has had an opportunity to raise. He's done an amazing job raising three God-fearing children. Matter of fact, all of his children are in ministry impacting lives. So as I'm preaching, um, he also has an oh my older my older uh, brother and my older sister are right now making an impact for the kingdom of God in Jacksonville. So I, I want to say thank you. But not only uh, does God desire for um, for us to be blessed, for us to live our blessed life, but He desires for our children to be blessed as well. And so today I want to take some time to talk about what every son and every daughter needs. What every son and what every daughter needs. Now look, I, I know you may be thinking like I'm not like a, I'm not even married yet. Like I don't have children anywhere in my sight. But listen, I want you to take this and I want you to own this message as well. This isn't just a, this isn't a parenting message per se, um, but it is a way that we can be able to relate to God and understand what our needs are from our Heavenly Father even more. Now, you'll be able to grab a lot of parenting tips. You'll be able to grab a lot of things that, that I believe will be able to bless our children and your children to come. So I want you to lean into this talk today because I really believe that it'll bless your life forever. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 44 and 3. God desires for your children to be blessed. God desires for your children's children to be blessed. And we just want to walk through scripture with you all today so that you all can see that God desires for us to live our blessed life. So Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, it says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Listen, God promises to pour out his spirit on our children. I want that to really sink deep. In here today, God desires to pour out his spirit. Well, who is the spirit? We've learned in, in past sermon series that the spirit or the paraclete, he is the helper. The helper desires to come upon your children. He's going to help your children navigate through life. He's going to help your children navigate through school. The, the, the blessing of God also uh, calls for the spirit of God to be, be poured out without measure on our children. And he's going to be your children's comfort. And I don't know what your child's story may be. I don't know how often your kid may be able to see uh, his dad or her dad, but I am here to let you know that Holy Spirit has been sent by God the Father to send comfort to your children. I don't know about y'all, but that's shouting ground. I want my daughter to experience, yes, my love, but I want her to experience a supernatural comfort from on high because there is nothing like it. God loves my baby girl way more than I love her, and I love her so much. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out the spirit of truth. And, Lord, I want the spirit of truth all up in my baby. Like, like when some snot-nosed little big-headed little boy comes running up on my daughter and daddy not around and knock him out, I want the spirit of truth to be inside my daughter and be like, ah, no, that's not how my daddy raised me. You good. Come on, church. I want the spirit of truth to dwell 
on, on my daughter, and, and God promises, this is a promise from God, that he will send his spirit, and he will pour his spirit out on our kids. So we can say it this way. You have a promise from God that your, chi- your child will be saved. You have a promise from God. It's Holy Spirit who draws all men to salvation. It is the Spirit of God that draws us to come to know Jesus. He removes the blinders from our eyes, and it is a work from Holy Spirit. So, yes, parents, you have a place. You have a place to train up your child in the way that they should go, but I need the helper with me to make sure that my daughter falls madly in love with Jesus just like I have. And you have a promise from on high that Holy Spirit will come and he will draw your kid to salvation. I don't know about y'all, but we live in a, I know we live in a world that is perverse, that is crazy. Look, in the month of May, we had 40 murders in Dallas. I don't know if y'all heard that stat. In May alone, in Dallas, not including Fort Worth or Arlington or Grand Prairie and all these other surrounding cities. No, in Dallas, we had 40 murders in, my, in our city, and I need the Spirit of God to lead my baby. I should have got a harder amen than that. Like, I need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God to lead us, but we also need the Spirit of God to lead our children. Amen? And then you have a promise from God. It says that he's going to pour out his blessing on our offspring. So we've covered in weeks past that the blessing of God, the blessing of God is a supernatural empowerment. The blessing of God is a supernatural empowerment for us to prosper. And so God doesn't just want us to have a supernatural ability or a supernatural power to prosper, but he wants our children to have a supernatural power living or resting on them so that they can prosper in school. You ain't got to worry about financial aid, or you ain't got to worry about if you qualify for financial aid. You don't have to worry about will you have enough money to send them to the Ivy League school by, by faith that they get accepted to. No, you have the, your child has the blessing of God rested on them. And so what that means is their, their ability to go in the places that God has called them to go, it does not hang on your ability, but it hangs on God's ability. God is saying, listen, I am going to pour out my blessing, my supernatural empowerment for your kid to prosper. It is going to rest on them and it's going to prosper their way. Your kid shouldn't have the same limitations that we have. Your kid has a supernatural blessing resting on them. It is a promise from God, the Father. And whatever he promises, it shall come to pass. I know it's hot, church, but man, we got to celebrate what God is doing in this place. God is wanting to bless our children and our children's children. Amen? You've got a promise from God. So now, but check it out, though. So as fathers, as mothers and mentors, um, we've got to learn how to cooperate with the blessing of God that's already on our children's lives. We've got to cooperate with this blessing. So there's a way that God desires for us to communicate to our children. There's a way that he wants us to love our children. There's a way that he desires for us to relate to our children And there's an example that I want to look at in the Word of God, and it is the example. 
It's the, ex- the example that we all should look towards. And we know all throughout Scripture, Jesus had constant contact, constant prayer life with God the Father. He had it. That he rose up early in the morning just to talk to Daddy. Man, I, I want my daughter to rise up early in the morning just to talk to Daddy. But it doesn't happen automatically, though, does it? So Jesus wanted to be in the presence of his dad. Jesus wanted to be there to have conversations with his father, but, but I'm going to lay out why. But even though throughout Scripture Jesus was constantly talking to his father, we only have two accounts. We only have two accounts in Scripture of God's words spoken to Jesus. We only have two accounts, and we're going to explore those two accounts. We're going to look at what a father would say to his son and what a father would say to his daughter. No, we all have different experiences with fatherhood. We've all had different experiences relating to our dads or not relating at all to our dads because of, absent, because of absence. But today, I really believe that there can be a freedom in this house if we embrace the words of God the Father over our lives today. Amen? So I want to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And so it says, and this is the account where John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus. And um, it's a powerful scene, and there's a lot of people around. And here's what God had to say about Jesus after he was baptized. It says that when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So I want to highlight three things that we see from this passage that the Father said to his Son. And I want you to embrace these words. And I want you to raise your children by these words. Even if you're not married yet, even if you don't have children yet, I want you to raise your children based on these three words. This is the example of parenthood right here. And this is a dad to a son, and I love it. What is it? Because we're going to see so much of what Jesus, why Jesus was able to become all that he was able to become because he heard these three words, I believe, on repeat. So the first thing that Jesus heard was, you are my son. You are my son. So what was God doing? He was saying, listen, you will always be accepted by me. You will always be accepted by me. What else was he saying? He was saying that you belong in this family. That he looked at Jesus in his eye and he told him, you are mine, I am yours, and regardless of what happens in life, you will always be mine and I will always be yours. He was accepting his son, and I want to let you in on a little secret today. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you've been through, you are accepted by God Almighty. I want to say that again. I don't care what you may have been uh, messed up. I don't know what you may have messed up with. I don't know who you may have messed up with. I don't know what you may have done. I don't know what your past may be like. But there isn't anything that you can do to get God to stop loving you and telling you that you are accepted by him. 
This is a good, good father who wants to do good, good things in our lives. It doesn't matter how many bad things you've done. It does not stop God from being good to you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you with an unconditional love. And what he's telling Jesus, he's like, look, and this is something that that I want to be able to instill into my daughter. You are a Davis. When you leave out of this house, every time she packs up her book bag to go to school, she starts kindergarten. Y'all going to have to pray for me. I don't know how this happened. I don't know when my babies start going to a big old school, right? Like, what, what happened? But what I need her to know is you are a Davis. You're not like any other kid. You are a Davis. And always understand and realize that this is your home, that you are loved in this home, that you matter in this home, that you are accepted in this home. It doesn't matter what happens out there, baby. Safety is home. You have a place to belong to. And that's what God wants you to know. You have a place to belong to. You want to know why Jesus walked around with so much confidence? It's because he knew that he belonged to God. He knew he belonged to God. He knew who he was. So I, wanna, I want y'all to get this. And listen, there is, I have the utmost respect and esteem for, for mothers. I believe that, that, that women are the most strong creatures on this planet. Just look at childbirth. I saw what my, my wife went through. And... Um, my hat's off to her. Like, I'm going to stay in my lane, right? Like, I'm like, you go, girl. You are so amazing. You are so strong. You beautiful, too. Dang. Right? But it's no slight to women at all, but there is a special place that a dad has. And your child's identity comes from, your, from the father. And so Jesus knew exactly who he was. Why? Because God was constantly giving him identity. He constantly told him, you are my son. What was he doing? He was giving him his DNA. He was giving him his identity. He was showing him how he was going to walk. He was showing him that he was royal. He was showing him that he had God's blood in his vein. So what are we supposed to do with our children? We are to look at them in their eyes, and we are to tell them that they are accepted, that they are valued, that they are special, that they are significant. And when a dad says it to their son, and when a dad says it to their daughter, it means the world means the world. So I'm going to look at the second thing that we see from the father to the son. It says that you are my beloved son. So he constantly communicated love to the son. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved son. Now I want to, I want to point something out with you guys. This wasn't an inward voice that Jesus heard in his heart. This was an audible voice from heaven that everyone around him heard. So we ought to publicly love our children. Yeah, we're to love them behind closed doors. We need that. But you got to love them when they're messing up at their basketball game. Come on, church. We got to love them. When you get that call from, your princi- from the principal's office, you got to love your kid publicly. You can't just berate your, your kid. You can't just talk to him any old kind of way. You have to have agape love of God coming out of your mouth, and you, but, but you cannot give what you haven't gotten. 
So the only way that you're going to love your kid in the middle of them messing up or the, the middle of them being a little kid, look, my daughter is five and she's amazing, but she will tear the house up. Right, like she will constantly like be jumping up and down, stumping, and I, I office from, from home, and she's on summer vacation. Y'all do the math. But listen, I cannot effectively love my baby if I haven't received effectively the love of God personally. God is trying to download his love in your heart. Why? So that you can be a dispenser of his love on your next generation. You want to know why the world just keeps getting more wicked and wicked and wicked as years progress? And it seems like every generation just keeps getting worse and worse? Is because the enemy has been able to come in and cause lust, lust to be in the hearts of men instead of love. Where God is wanting to say, hey, Check it out. I need you to get to know me. I need you to understand that you belong to me so that you can show your son and your daughter that they belong to you. And I understand that if they belong to you, son, eventually they're going to belong to me. You see, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel saw God through the prophets. But here today, our children sees God through us. Ooh, that, that was good. Um, you might want to text the friend, you might want to tweet that out, um, you might want to put it to your snap, whatever social platform you may, you may own, you may want to like get the word out. Listen, the children of Israel saw God through the prophets. So they looked at Moses and they understood God. They looked at Elijah and they understood God. They looked at, at, they looked at Jacob and they looked at all of these, these, these pillars and they looked at Daniel and that's how they saw God. They looked at all of these mighty men of, of God, and that's how they understood who God was because they didn't have a relationship with him yet. And your 7-year-old and your 8-year-old and your 10-year-old and your 15-year-old, they may not have a lifestyle cemented in knowing who God is yet, but I am here to let you know, church, that you can display who God is to your children. And that's how God intended it to be, that we would experience him, and then we'll help our children understand who he is based upon the relationship that we have with Almighty God. Amen? So God was publicly loving Jesus. He said, you are my beloved son. I love you. There isn't anything that can stop me from loving you. And I love what Romans says. Romans says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not your sin, not your lust, not your infidelity, not your mistakes, not, not your bad habits, not your addiction, not your depression. Nothing can separate you from my love. That has nothing to do with how you're loving God, but it has everything to do with how God is loving you. He never stops loving you. And we have to demonstrate that same love and affection to our kids. Come on, mentors. I bet everybody in this room has some kid looking up to you. I bet everybody in this room, and I know we got educators in the room too, you got somebody in the world looking up to you, and you have an amazing opportunity to say, you know, I'm going to show you that you belong. I'm going to show you acceptance. I'm going to show you 
I'm going to show you love. I'm going to show you what healthy love really is. I'm going to show you what healthy love really is. And church, don't, don't, you know, don't look down at the girl who, like, has her shorts all up her butt. All she's trying to do is get somebody to love her. But we have an amazing opportunity to show the next generation what love really is. All right, so check it out. Let's look at the third thing. The third thing, it says, in whom I'm well pleased. So we can see that the father affirmed his son publicly. This is in whom I'm well pleased. That's the third one. In whom I'm well pleased. We can see that God affirmed Jesus publicly. Before Jesus laid hands on the sick, he was affirmed by his daddy. Before Jesus gave sight to blind eyes, he was affirmed by his daddy. Going somewhere, church. Before he caused deaf ears to open up and, and, and hear sound, he was affirmed by his dad. Before he ever went to Calvary to die a horrible death on the cross, he was affirmed by his daddy. So I want everybody in here to really understand this. It is not your works that gets God to approve you. He approved you because of the perfect work that he's already completed through his son, Jesus. He affirms us before we ever do any good in the world. He affirms us before we join the vibe team. He affirms us before we raise our hand and say, yes, I want to join a small group. He affirms us before we ever do a community service initiative. He affirms us before you do anything right. He's already affirmed you. You see, when we give our kids affirmation, they'll have the confidence that they can do anything. Jesus had the confidence that he, could, that he could conquer death, hell, and the grave because his daddy affirmed him before he ever had to. Oh, that's strong, church. He got affirmation from his dad before he ever had to step out. So Jesus never questioned, could he do it? And our kids should never question, can they do anything? Because they're getting confirmation, they're getting an affirmation from their parents. That's so good, church. So look, um, the next passage that we see God speaking to Jesus audibly, publicly again, it can be found in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. And we see the same exact words. This time, uh, Jesus has done some, some miracles. Uh, this is happening on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus, before the eyes of his followers, he's transfiguring. They're actually seeing him for the first time as the son of God. And this is a special moment. And as people are really seeing him as who he really is, then God, he opens the heavens again and he says the same exact phrase. He says that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we only have two accounts of what God's words were to Jesus. And these two accounts say the same exact thing. I think they're really important. And based on these three things, I want to give you all three things that every son and every daughter needs. You need it, I need it, and the children that you have or you will have, they are going to need it. 
Number one, they need acceptance. Remember, you are my son. You are my daughter. Our kids need acceptance. And those of you all who are raising teenagers, you can accept your kid while you may not agree with their behavior. I'm going to say that again. You can accept your kid even if you don't agree with their behavior. It is a huge difference. Come on, church. I mean, like, let's, let's really, like, think about it. You don't have to raise your hand unless you want to. But how many of you guys felt cut off from your parent before in life because you messed up? Come on, man. Well, you felt like, man, I can't even talk to him no more. I, I can't even, like, mm, I can't approach him with this. Or how many of y'all messed up and you felt like you couldn't talk to your parent about it? I, I, man, I I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. I don't know about y'all, but, man, I was there a whole lot. Because I knew my parents had a standard. I knew my parents, like, they, some things were unacceptable. And I get it. We have to have rules. We have to have regulations. But I don't ever want it to be a time in my daughter's life that she can't come talk to daddy. Because she's going to talk to somebody. She's going to talk to somebody. And I ain't going to let no big head, little nugget, fill my daughter's head with something that shouldn't even be there because she felt like she couldn't talk to me. Listen, parents, you've got to create, you've got to be, not, not your house, you have to be a safe place for your kids. You have to be a safe place for your kids. Come on, mentors, you have to be a safe place for your kids. Come on, educators, you have to be a safe place for your kids. Come on, moms, because some of y'all rocking both, like y'all being a mom and a dad, and praise God for what you're, you're, you're embarking upon. You have to be a safe place for your kids. And I want to give you a secret. Look, I know you're tired. I know you got a lot going on. I know you're dealing with so much. I know you're working your butt off, and I know you're trying to think, like, man, like, am I ever going to be able to enjoy me again? Listen, God is going to grace you for this season. God will grace you for this season. There is a supernatural anointing that God will give you to be able to raise your kid in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, and listen, everything is going to have its proper time. You keep God first. You keep raising your kid. Don't put your kid, don't pitch, put your kid underneath another guy's. Don't met, let them be two, number two. Let them be number one. They got to be number one. Keep God first. Raise your kid. And I guarantee you that while you're taking care of your business, God is going to take care of you. Y'all ain't saying amen loud enough, but it's all good, though. I'm going to keep moving on on this Father's Day. Y'all could at least, like, sh shout me down on Father's Day. Dang. Number two, um, we've got to give our kids affirmation. We've got, to, we've got to affirm them. We've got to publicly affirm them. We've got to constantly like, tell our children, you are strong. You are courageous. You are bold. You are brave. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Come on, you are mighty. You are more than a conqueror. Come on, you are a mighty warrior. You are strong. You can do it. Our children, look, when they, when they look to us, it should be moments where my, our, our children face difficulty. And, when they, and they will. And when they face difficulty, they should be able to look back at mommy and look back at daddy and say, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to quit. I can do it. Why? Because that's what you've been rehearsing in their ears for years. And listen, if you haven't done it yet, it's okay. We can start sowing some good seed in our kids today. And we can make a commitment that we are going to be an affirming parent. We are going to affirm. Look, if your, your kid has aspirations and dreams, did you know that it was your job to get before God about those aspirations and dreams and point them into that direction? Train up your kid in the way that they should go. So if they have a bent towards mathematics, train them up in the way of, of mathematics. Don't try to make them who you were. Ain't going to work. All it's going to do is lead to rebellion. Don't make them be an accountant. Oh, oh, son, oh, I got connections over here. Don't do that. It's not going to end well. Train them up in the way that they should go. I see some eyes like, ooh, yeah, my parents almost, like, tried to pick my major. I was like, listen, right? We have to train them up in the way that they should go, and then, but we need to affirm them. Even if they're not skilled in it yet, you need to affirm them. Come on, man. You don't, come on, we got to affirm our kids. And then, look, the third one, what we have to do is we have to show them affection. You have to show your kid affection. And I know some of these things are, have deep roots, right? Like some of us were never hugged by our parents. Some of us were never kissed by our parents. Some of us never got a pat on the back or a rub on the head, and we craved it, didn't we? You never said anything, but you craved it. And you always wonder, man, what's wrong with me that they can't, like, why can't they, like, Man, all I, want, all I wanted is like, man, like when I, when, I, when I needed it, when I was hurt, how come, you didn't, how come you didn't embrace me? But listen, God, God showed affection to his son, not just showing him affection, but he gave him public affection. I don't care who's around. God is saying, love your baby. I don't, listen, even if you're uncomfortable, even if you get all like, ugh, like, stop touching me. And some of us are like that. I don't want to be touched. We have to show affection to our children. Hug your baby often. Kiss your baby often. Come on, church. Come on, if they're still small enough, put them on your shoulders. Let them see the world the way that you see it. That's what they're trying to do. I want to be up there with you, Daddy. Put them on your shoulders. Walk around with them. Come on, pick them up. Let them lay on your chest. Come on, man. Give them that forehead kiss and tell them you're special. They crave it. They need it. So I have a niece. My niece's uh, name is Paige. And um, Paige was born months uh, premature. She was a teeny tiny little thing. And um, she spent a lot of time in the NICU. 
underneath, the, like kind of like these bright lights. I'm hot up here, y'all. Y'all praying for me? Um, spent a lot of time under a whole lot of lights in an incubator. And, um, you know, she was doing well, but, you know, the nursing staff, they would come along to my, my family and they would say, hey, the most important thing that you can do for Paige is give her touches. Because she's not going to make it if she's just in an incubator. She needs connection. Come on, and I know things have gotten weird in our society, but I believe that it's gotten weird in our society because we've let, we've let the enemy come in and pervert touch. And we haven't touched our kids the right way. God is calling us. When you touch your kid, you are loving their soul. Come on, man. When you hug your baby, when you kiss your baby, when you pat them on the back, you are touching their innermost part, their heart. Physical touch leads to security. I want to say that again. Physical touch leads to security. They will feel safe. Your number one job as a parent is to keep your kids safe, physically, emotionally safe. And then, look, I love it because it's kind of like a two-edged sword. So not only are you creating security, you're also communicating what's appropriate for your kid. Because if they never experience a healthy touch, they won't understand the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy touch. And again, some little big head, little snot head, little boy going to try to run up. And if something improper happens, my daughter going to catch a DH, these hands. She is going to throw them up and she, listen, she going to know what's healthy and what's not healthy. And please understand, my baby might be small, but she'll put it to you. I promise she will. She will. she get it from her daddy. Um, so we, we have to affirm. We, we have to accept. We have, to, we have to, to be accepting. We have to be affectionate. And we also have to give affirmation to our children. So here are three practical ways that you can bless your children. Three practical ways that you can bless your children. See your children, number one, see your children. See your children as they could be, not as they are. See your children as they could be, not as they are. That's going to be a lifelong. Even if you, you got a small kid, or if you got a teenager, or if you have an adult kid, see your kid as they could be, not as they are. That is a choice. That is an intentional choice. See your kid as they could be, not as they are. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the things that are hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So don't, don't view your kid as they are now. View them the way that you hope for them to be. View them as you would hope for them to be. So don't speak to your children, again, based on what you see. Speak to them based upon 
what you hope for. And then even if, they, even if you don't see it in them, speak it over them. Even if you don't see it in your kids, speak it over them. Your words have power. And then number two, say what you see. Say what you see. What do you see in your kid? You need to say it, and you need to say it often. Come on. What do you see in your kid? What do you see in them? Whatever you see, you need to say it often. You see a leader, say it often. Come on. You see, you see an entrepreneurial spirit on your kid, say it often. You see a musician, say it often. Don't just say you're a musician. You are the greatest musician to ever live, son. You are the greatest singer, baby girl. Like, keep singing. Keep practicing your craft. You are going places. You are amazing. They need it. You need to be on repeat. They need to hear it in their sleep. That's how often you're saying it. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you guys to know this, too. In order to change what you see, you have, you have to change what you say. In order to change what you see, you have to change what you say. I love Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says, it, it tells us that God speaks those things which be not as though they were. So if you want to change something that you see, you've got to change what you say. So if you don't like what you see, you've got to change what you say. And when you change what you say, you'll see something different. Don't highlight what they don't do well. They already know it. They already know it. And um, single moms, I need you to kind of put these same things into practice about your child's father. Oh, I'm preaching good right there. Y'all lucky. Y'all lucky it's almost time, too. You lucky. No, but seriously, like, speak those things which be not as though they were about your kid's dad. Come on, if he's not there, if he has a bunch of empty promises, if he's got bad character, speak those things which be not as though they were. Call him a man of God. Call him strong. Call him a leader. Why? Not because you still love him in your heart. No, because you want him to love God. And if he loves God, he's going to love your baby. Y'all need to level up again because my preaching better than y'all amening. Tell your neighbor, level up. Tell them. Tell them. All right, number three, my last one. Start it. Start it. There is no time like the present. Start it. Some of y'all need to start sharing daily devotions with your children. Some of y'all need to start reading a verse to your kid every single day. We need to turn, look, we have so many, so many things to our advantage. We have the internet. We have YouTube. You can turn on a worship video. They've got kids' versions. Look, they're not just over there getting babysat in our, our children's ministry. No, they are worshiping God over there. They are worshiping God. And we have videos that we play that they worship to, and you have access to videos that you can lead your kid in worship before they go to school every day. You are positioning their heart towards God. Start it. 
Some of us need to start hugging our kids. Some of us need to start kissing our kids, telling them that they're unique, telling them that they're special. But here's the thing. We can't give what we haven't gotten. I know some of y'all want to. You want to. All this sounds amazing. But you're trying to reach for a reference that's not there. Because maybe you've had a hard time with your father. Maybe you weren't loved the way that you should have been loved by your dad. Well, I am here to let you in on what the word of God wants you to know in that situation right now. Psalm chapter 68 verses 5 and 6 says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of the widow, or I like to say of the single mom, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. And he brings those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. God adopts us as his own. So that means that the same affection that the father showed Jesus, the same, of, the same affirmation that the father gave Jesus, the same acceptance that the father gave Jesus, he gives you. And if you spend time with him daily, he will constantly affirm who you are. He will constantly love you. He will constantly accept you into his family. Every single day, you ought to have better, bigger confidence in who God has designed you to be. And as you do, you'll be able to confidently lead your children. He loves you so much, church. And I love this next part. He says that he places the solitary in families. Did you know that God isn't going to just leave you in isolation? That he will put you around people like family? And this is the danger of, of church online. This is the danger of the generation that's just coming up listening to podcasts. Because you can't get placed in a family on a podcast. Because you can't get placed in a family looking at church online. God wants you to be placed into a family. So I highly want to encourage you, join the Vive crew. Come on every other Wednesday and get plugged into family. Join the Vive team. Yes, we serve God, but we're actually a family. We actually check up on each other and we have relationship with each other. You've got to join a family.